One of the most compelling and powerful things about public service is that you don't have to be an elected official to have an impact as it relates to public service, as it relates to the city you live in, as it relates to your community. On today's episode of Making a Difference, I had the good fortune to speak to a former city official in Augusta who may have transferred out of the public eye, but did not transfer from public service. And this episode is going to show you that public service isn't always about title. Sometimes it's about talent. It's also going to show you that making a difference isn't so much about position. It's about power. Are you ready? Because I know I am. Um, to be a Negro, to be a Negro in this country, and to be um, relatively conscious, is to be in a state of rage. Almost, almost all of the time. You wonder why I spit the truth and not to make no dope. To make a difference. another episode of making a difference i'm your host ken Macon. have a dear guest here uh with me i'm just always glad when people um you know come on the show but then when they come back to the show i think it, it not only speaks well of you know what we do here making a difference but i think it just speaks well of folks you know who are public uh, public servants and so i'm here with the principal of janice allen jackson and associates and look i've already given away who the guest is and i'm just so glad to have her on the show today. Miss Janice Allen Jackson, how you doing, my dear? I am doing great. So glad to be back with you again. Glad to have you on the show. And so um, tell us why you're here, or part of the reason why you're here. Part of the reason I'm here is that I have a couple of speaking engagements coming up. We wanted to promote uh, those. Uh, the first is the 2019 Human Rights Day uh, given by Church Women United. Church Women United is actually a national organization. They've got chapters all over the country, including one here in Augusta. Um, this is going to be on Saturday, November 2nd at 11 a.m., uh, at the Galilee Baptist Church on Cedar Street. So um, I'll be the speaker there and I'll get you some more details so you can uh, help us publicize that event. But um, this organization was started back in the 40s, back when Eleanor Roosevelt was the first lady. Oh, wow. uh, she, the, some ladies came to her and said, hey, you know, why is the country at war? And uh, things like that. And she said, you know, women need to have more of a voice in political affairs. And that was the origin of the organization. So um, I'm very happy to be with them on, on November 2nd and be their keynote speaker to talk about how the time is now for us to serve. Man, that's, that's very profound. And to have that um, be a uh, conversation within the context of human rights I mean it's just something that's so mm -hmm. impressive you know we talk about human rights and women's rights and it's just it's really ironic because we're sitting here and I've actually had this conversation had that conversation earlier this morning through the sports realm and you know some things that happened with LeBron James which I won't get into but just I'll just say that uh, obviously just have a great appreciation for the discussion of human rights and then obviously you know how that can you know break down into you know just various different genres and genders and things like that so but you said you had another speaking engagement. That you want to yes, talk about. the other one I am not the principal speaker for, but it is a uh, organization that's near and dear to me. On January the first, there's the Emancipation Proclamation Program. 
uh, January 1st, 11 a.m. at Tabernacle Baptist Church, I believe. Okay. Uh, my friend uh, Tracy George uh, manages that program because it gives scholarships to young people. Oh, uh, it's a way to raise money. Uh, the scholarship is actually named in honor of her grandmother, Miss Gladys Acree. She was a member of the Good Shepherd Baptist Church for many years. So I just want to call attention to that one. I'll be on the program. Uh, the featured speaker is actually Joan Harrell from leave the faculty at Auburn University. Um, so it's going to be a great program, and in order for the kids to apply for the scholarships, they have to be there in person to pick up the applications. So uh, we invite uh, all of the college-age young people in our area to attend that on January 1st. That's wonderful, and mm -hmm. it's, it's good to know that, that you are staying busy, regretfully. And I'll, I'll just say that, look, you'll always be my city administrator, but I am, you know, always, you know, it's sad to say that you're the former city administrator um, for the city of Augusta. And so, you know, um, just that's a, a really a, a two-part uh, dynamic. The first is it's good to know, and like I always say about, you know, public service and people in public service. When you really care about people, when you really care about the community, you know, it doesn't a, a title or a position that you may be in, you know, really doesn't matter. It's just a function of, you know, whatever organization that you're a part of. And, of course, you talked about, um, you know, just, you know, the, you know, being a part of the Human Rights Day and, you are also your Delta, right? As well. I'm also a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. So, a um, lot of you know service opportunities that you take advantage mm -hmm. of. But I do want to ask you about um, you know some of the things. You know, just like I said, with you being the <clears throat> uh, former administrator. And first, I want to ask you just as an administrator, because y'all know y'all know me and y'all know how, the things that I address on this show. Um, and I'll just ask you this. As an administrator, how much of a challenge is it to manage taxpayers' expectations with government officials' expectations? And you would think that they would be similar, but, I mean, we see how it plays out in the media. I see, I see how it plays out when I go to the meetings. It's often different. Uh, yes. You know, as government was set up, it was supposed to be a representative democracy. Absolutely. Um, the idea would be that uh, people would share their ideas, beliefs, desires, with the people that they elect, and the people that they elect would take stands that represented what their constituents wanted, what they stood for. Um, in the best of organizations, you see that happening. Um, there's a chance for participation. Um, there's a chance to understand what people really expect, uh, and then cast votes that reflect those priorities. Uh, sometimes, though, I will say the one time the caveat for that is Sometimes there are issues that are so complex that the average citizen may not understand what's really best for him or her. A lot of times they don't understand because it takes a lot of time to do that. You imagine you know, coming to a commission meeting, which may take place in the middle of the day when you're at work, uh, you're, you're watching maybe on the news, or you're watching online, if you sit there and try to watch a meeting, which luckily many local governments like this one broadcast the meetings uh, online, but then you have to wonder, do you have three hours or four hours or five hours or whatever it's going to be to sit there and watch? Uh, so many times the public may not understand all the ins and outs of an issue, uh, and it's upon the elected officials to then exercise leadership and say, hey, not to be paternalistic, but we really understand this issue and we think the vote that we cast reflects the best that we can do in terms of leadership for our community. Um, so there's a ideally a push and pull between those things. Ideally. You know, ideally, <laughs> you know, we represent you, we're here to do what's best for you, but sometimes we may know a little bit more about the issue than you and have to um, 
um, exercise some leadership. I mean, one of the things that uh, was very, very controversial early on in my tenure with Augusta was uh, the stormwater program. Um, you know, people were like, oh my goodness, we're going to pay $6.40 a month or $12.80. Businesses was going to be a good bit more than that. And um, some of the commissioners who decided to vote for that really were doing something that maybe their constituents didn't want, but in the end, I think they accepted the fact that it was a good move uh, to have those additional resources to provide some better services for them. So ideally, there's a, 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 a meshing of the minds there, but it really requires folks in the community to be very active and you know, become very informed and take a lot of time, call your elected official, email your elected official, uh, and a lot of times folks just get so busy with living that they just don't have time to do that and you wind up uh, with them maybe wanting one thing and elected officials deciding to cast votes for another. Um, that's why it's really important, you know, when we have big activities like a recreational master plan, for instance, there's surveys, there's some opportunity, you know, surveys, public hearings, you know, those sort of types of things where there's some opportunity to hear from the public. But, you know, I always encourage members of the public, hey, if you're not satisfied with what happened, you know, what did you do to change it? You know, right. that's one of the things too. It requires citizenship is a great responsibility. Sure, and you know when we, when we talk about city administrators, and often that title is, you know, that the responsibility is that you deal with the day-to-day operations mm-hmm. of what goes on in the mm-hmm. city. And I would just, if you could express just the urgency mm-hmm. of the citizenry to understand that, you know, um, political awareness is not something that you, you know, you know, you tap into every once every four years or you know, whenever there's a hot button topic or whenever you know the media may prime you, but it is something that is in fact a day-to-day responsibility of the citizen to know, to know what's going on and just talk mm-hmm. about the importance of that. Yeah, I encourage people to really stay informed. Um, a lot of times we'll watch the things and go, huh, what happened? When did that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> right. And those are the worst questions that you want to ask, you know. I, for one, in a role um, that I was in Augusta, have been in several other communities, you know, I feel better when the citizens know what's really going on. That makes me feel better. You really want them to be engaged. Now, on the flip, the government has a responsibility to be open about what they're doing. Transparency Um, is the magic word. Transparency is very important. Um, it would make me feel good when I'd have a resident of the community walk up to me and say, hey, you know, I feel like there's a new sense of openness going on with Augusta right now. And I would say, well, thank you very much. We work real hard at, at being open because we shouldn't have to have anything to hide. You know, this is the public's business, uh, operating out of the public's buildings, driving the public's vehicles, wearing the public's uniforms. Uh, so I, I always would encourage employees. In fact, I would always make it a practice to go to new employee orientation just for that first few minutes to set a tone with them to say hey you know you kind of cease to belong to yourself when you join a public organization like this wow and now you guys see why this is my city administrator i I love having folks on the show and to me it's always like out of the abundance of you know the heart and the mouth speaks Mm -hmm. and so when you hear people talk about you know hey i'm going to new member like new member or a new uh, employee orientation and just different things like that i'm just hearing just the attention to detail that you took you know, with with these things and that, and that you take, you know, with these things. And I'm just, like I said, somebody who, you know, does my research and involves myself in these things. I'm just I'm very appreciative of that. My name is Lauren Macon and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Do you need insurance for your car, home, life or business? Then trust Jay Harvey, your Allstate insurance agent in Evans, Georgia. He opened his agency in 2017 because he loves helping and working with people. 
As a husband and father, he understands the importance of helping families prepare for the unexpected. You can get a personalized insurance quote today by calling 706-434-8106. Jay's office is located at 3118-8 William Few Parkway in Evans, Georgia. Remember, you're in good hands with Jay Harvey, your neighborhood Allstate insurance agent. The faces of municipal government are are often male and white. It's mm-hmm. just a, a sad reality, even in like, you know, in the case of Augusta, it's, you know, majority black, but those are the faces that we've been familiar with. Um, did you ever experience racial and or gender-based tension as an administrator? <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take you back to my very first day in Albany. I came into Albany as the assistant city manager. And, you know, newspaper was hot on the tracks of who it was going to be. And the headline was, Black Woman Expected to be Named a City Post. Wow. And at that time, I was living in the Washington, D.C. metro area, where, of course, it was no big deal at all for a black female to be appointed to anything. And uh, then I realized, yep, I'm in southwest Georgia now, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) When I saw that headline, so I knew I was in for something different then. I wound up being a great tenure in my career. I was down there for 12 years. Um, But um, I could kind of watch the community's maturation with me um, during our flood of 1994. It was a massive natural disaster, uh, biggest natural disaster in Albany's history that was on record. You know, it might have been something before then, but that was the biggest one that on record. And um, I was the public information officer for the flood just by virtue of the fact the city didn't have a formal, anybody with that formal title. And in the emergency management plan, it is said the assistant city manager will serve in that role during the event of a disaster. So um, fire chief had let me know that, and uh, I, you know, I figured disaster never happened anyway, so it didn't make a difference. <laughs> well, it happened. Yeah, well, it happened. And um, I found myself doing interviews with CNN as well as all of the, you know, CBS, ABC, as well as the local stations, you know, for that very tense two-week period or so. I was... Um, communicating with the public multiple times per day. And um, later on, ordinary citizen walked up to me one day and he said, you know, my mother and I were sitting there watching you uh, on TV and um, we, we appreciate everything, but I'm telling you, tell you what, we're just not used to having women on TV telling us oh, what to do. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but what's wrong with people? And, and it's like, the best of intentions. But the it's best just, of intentions. Oh, my goodness. They didn't mean anything bad. In fact, he probably meant it as a compliment. But it just, you know, things that would not have occurred to me that folks were thinking about, that's what they were thinking about. Hmm. Um, I remember, too, when I was first appointed city manager in Albany, and this was 1996, I was doing one of the noonday um, talk shows on a local channel, and... Um, Supposedly, there was somebody, some caller to the station said, I don't know what y'all do in Albany. You don't have a woman for a city manager. But <laughs> and I have to laugh the things off. If you don't laugh it off, you'll get really, really angry. And it's not worth it in the end to be that angry because it just distracts you from the work that you have to do for the people who appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've had numerous things happen like that where somebody says, it's a woman, it's a black woman. Uh, where really they just need to concentrate. In Albany and in Augusta. In Albany and Augusta. Augusta, not 
quite as bad because, you know, later, you know, from 1996 to 2014, you would hope things have changed, attitudes and um, ideas have changed some. Uh, but um, it is very interesting in both of those locations. There's been a minimum of uh, women elected officials. Um, and it's, it's just really tough as I think about it. It's very tough for a woman to, to run for office. I mean, you look at probably two of the most competent women that we have, this country has ever seen. Hillary Clinton loses to Mr. Trump, and Stacey Abrams lost to Mr. Kim. Oh, my goodness. And I mean, in, in, in both cases, like you say, I mean, it, it, it wasn't an issue of competence. I mean, it just, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, were not ready to. And it's, it's sad to say that, you know, in 21st century that that, um, that yeah. people still feel that way. But that is, it's an unfortunate yeah, fact. Yeah, women have a tough time. You look at the Augusta Commission, been majority male the entire time. Uh, entire time that I can recall. So, um, so yeah, it, it's it's tough out there for women in leadership positions. It's tough to get there, uh, and it's tough to listen to some of the things, some of the attitudes and things that people come up with. Albany is you have roots in Albany, right? You know, actually, I was born and raised in Augusta. My, my roots in Albany. I didn't have any when I went there, <laughs> but I got some because I married somebody who was from that area, and gotcha. my, both of my children were born there. Awesome. What, um, and just talk about that, what it's like to be able to provide that level of service to communities that, um, that you, you know, that, that you have a, that you, you know, that you profoundly care about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is, it is something really special. I mean, I, I got into public service because I really wanted to serve. I remember going back to the Jimmy, Jimmy Carter administration. I was a high school student at that time, but uh, what really sparked my interest was reading an article about Patricia Roberts Harris. He had just appointed her to a cabinet-level position, and obviously that was a huge deal that there was an African-American female being appointed to a cabinet-level position, and um, she was talking about the shortage of affordable housing, um, the number of Americans who were living in substandard housing, and it was a major part of her role to do something about that. And that just sparked my interest that, hey, you know, there is room for people like myself who care, uh, who uh, are committed, who are smart, who want to make a difference as a place for us. And it wasn't until a few years later that I narrowed it down to wanting to be go into city or county management. But um, it was just the interest just sort of grew from seeing someone who was similar to me who had taken that path. Right. It's, it's refreshing and, you know, I'm, I'm always mindful to, to, you know, understand just like how important, because me, I always say that, you know, there's the issue of imagery, you know, when it comes to black elected officials and just seeing them, but then also the substance of their, their politics and their policies. And so for you to just even as a young person, be able to appreciate both and then have that be an influence on your career, it's just something just refreshing to hear and, you know, to be able to, um, to really appreciate This is Donald Doe and Michael Doe with Family Financial Consultants. Do you need help with Medicare, with affordable mortgage and life insurance, building an estate for your child? We provide these types of services for you and much more. As independent insurance brokers, we take pride in coming into people's homes and not only saving them money, but changing their lives. Imagine only paying a few dollars for your medicine instead of hundreds, or cutting the cost of your insurance premiums. Our goal is to provide affordable policies tailored to your individual needs. 
Give us a call at 803-293-8915 or 706-503-3933. Family Financial Consultants, LLC, located at 412 Edgefield Road in North Augusta, South Carolina. Agents work for companies, but a broker works for you. District 1 and all of Aiken, my name is Gail Bush Diggs, your Aiken County Councilwoman for District 1, and I need your vote for re-election on Tuesday, November 5th. Aiken is my home. I graduated from Aiken High School in 1973, and after attending the University of South Carolina in Columbia, I came back home and raised my family here. I have a lifetime record of putting people first. My priorities come from a common sense approach to local government, smart growth, safe communities, and servant leadership. Keeping District 1 as an important part of conversations regarding the direction of Aiken is vital. The growth and development of the north side of town remains an important priority for the city of Aiken. I was a small business owner in downtown Aiken in the 80s. I understand the role that business plays in keeping a community vibrant. We will continue to welcome business opportunities that will positively impact our community and to promote public and private partnerships. I will remain a good steward of this city's resources, but I only need one thing from you, and that's your vote. I would encourage you to participate in early voting, which starts on October 7th. But if you're not able to, please make sure that you get out to vote on November 5th and vote for me, Gail Diggs, your District 1 Councilwoman. In your mind, should Augusta prioritize business developments or invest in its citizens through infrastructure and education. I know some people say, well, why can't we do both? But I'm, I'm talking about in terms of priority. Yeah, yeah, because that was exactly where I was going. You got to kind of <laughs> do all, all of those things. Um, you almost have to put business development first because that's where your resources come in order to invest in the other things. Um, the uh, best communities uh, try to avoid taxing their citizens to the hilt um, because many times folks vote with their feet and they just walk away if they feel like they've been overtaxed and not seen a return for those investments. So um, ideally you get good business growth. I mean, for instance, with the Cyber Center, and I know um, there may be some pros and cons. People have some positive or negative feelings about that. Um, but Augusta's sales tax revenue was rising, started off about a 3.5% increase from the time the construction began up to as much as seven or eight percent every month that that wow. <laughs> that building was here, uh, because it just generated so many more reasons for people to come to the city. So uh, that's one example, and that's a state government investment, uh, private business investment. Hopefully, if you have the right tax structure in place, um, they generate property taxes as well as additional sales taxes. They provide job opportunities. Those folks work. They buy things that generates more tax revenue for you to be able to invest in infrastructure, education, and, and all of those things that um, make us a good community. Uh, one of the things I've always been concerned about is 
how we invest in people so that they can become employable with some of those uh, communities. I think everybody knows I live in East Augusta. That's where I grew up, and I chose to move back. And with great distress, I drive through certain areas of East Augusta, some ones I won't call by name. I think everybody can figure out what I'm talking about. And um, they're just a bunch of folks out walking around. You know, you can see their underwear. <laughs> and they're just standing there, and they're just talking, you know, loud, walking up the street, and you're just sitting there thinking, don't they have some place they can go? Is there something they can do? Uh, what job training needs to be in place to help those folks become gainfully employed so that they don't have to stand on that street corner all day, every day. No, and, and with that, and that's the spirit of the question is, and you've already alluded to it, is how do we make sure that we don't, that, you know, and understanding that business and, you know, public-private partnerships and those things are important, how do we not leave, you know, pockets of the population behind? pockets of the constituency. Yeah. There's got to be a very intentional effort to do that because we can tell from the natural course of things a lot of those people will always be left out. Not just Augusta, you look at any other major city in the country as thriving as in Atlanta or Charlotte or Washington DC is. They all have their share of folks who are just hanging out on street corners. Uh, so um, there has to be a very intentional effort uh, to get them into programs where they can succeed and of course they have to want to do it because you also can't help somebody unless they want to help themselves. So uh, we've got to find a way to build some success stories, um, not just, like I said, here, but in, in every other major city in the country. That's good. And, man, this has, look, been very insightful. I'm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I tell you what, and if you can just recap because mm -hmm. I want people to, mm -hmm. I just, you know, you have those speaking engagements. I want people to come out and see you yes, and, look yes. and, and, and give you a hug and say, hey, we <laughs> look, appreciate, you know, the, the work that you that you've done for Augusta, I can yeah. tell you just personally, I, I greatly appreciate the, the work that you did. And I, look, if certain people, you know, in uh, in high places in Augusta did appreciate you, I appreciate you. So I'll say that just yeah. for myself. The, and and as you say that, the community support has been overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I I rarely go someplace without somebody walking up to me saying, "Hey, I appreciate everything you did for us." So uh, glad that I could do it. Um, and as part of my consulting practice, one of the things that um, I, I, I am using uh, is the lessons I've learned in teaching folks how to be better managers, how to be better supervisors. Uh, that's one of the things I would love to do. I'm also putting together a uh, curriculum of sorts for how we as Christians ought to comport ourselves in the workplace. Mm -hmm. I want to deal with everything from the toxic coworker to the appropriate style of dress, to whether or not you sue your employer when things go wrong. So I'm putting together that curriculum now, hope to take that to uh, church retreats, conferences, and various other types of events because I've, the Lord has given me so much that I can share with folks. So um, that's on the horizon. Also doing some uh, real estate work in East Augusta. East okay. Augusta is so, so uh, uh, important to me. I purchased an old abandoned house. I'm in the process of rehabbing now, and I'm hoping to, to sell it so that we can build a, a, a home ownership back into areas where that was very prominent. You know, when my uh, father purchased our house back in the mid-50s, 
uh, everybody was a homeowner and everybody was proud to be a homeowner. So I want to uh, create some opportunities even in the private market to be uh, to create more home ownership in my area to build my area back. And as you mentioned, I'm doing some speaking engagements on um, November 2nd, Galilee Baptist Church, 2019 Human Rights Day with Church Women United. So look forward to that, 11 o'clock. And um, I'll have a lot of that information published on my uh, Facebook page as well as my LinkedIn page. Okay. Sounds good. I also want to encourage everybody to um, look just to stay, you know, abreast of just a lot of different things that you have going mm -hmm. on. and. and Look, uh, consulting and mm -hmm. just a lot of the services that you mm -hmm. provide. You can go to JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com. That's Janice uh, Allen Jackson, traditional spelling, dot Weebly. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y. That's right. Dot com. Mm -hmm. And I'll, look, would encourage you to, to visit that just regardless, just to, um, like I said, just uh, to be able to uh, check out the services um, that you provide. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of Making a Difference. Once again, I am your host, Ken Making So Glad. Uh, you decided to check in with us today. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. Again, early voting is going on right now uh, in uh, the city of Aiken. Again, this is for the Aiken City Council District 1 election that's coming up on November the 5th. Again, that is Tuesday, November the 5th. Please come out and make your voice heard. You can support Making a Difference in various ways. You can follow the Facebook page. It's facebook.com backslash Makin, M-A-K-I-N, A Difference Show. You can also follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com backslash Making a Difference. We're also on Spotify and iTunes. Making a Difference also needs your financial support. You can support us uh, with a one-time donation via Cash App. It's dollar sign Makin, M-A-K-I-N, A Difference Show. You can also uh, be a month-to-month -month supporter of Making a Difference through Patreon. You can go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Making a Difference Show. Again, that's Patreon.com backslash Making a Difference Show. Appreciate you guys so much. Love you, and God bless. The revolution will not be televised. You see, a lot of times people see, 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 see battles and skirmishes on TV, and they say, aha, the revolution is being televised. Nah. The results of the revolution are being televised. The first revolution is when you change your mind about how you look at things and see that there might be another way to look at it that you have not been shown. What you see later on is the results of that, but the revolution, that change that takes place, will not be televised.